This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. And now it's Strong losing the North American title. Tempers are about to new episode of what comes next cinema geekly's nxt companion podcast it is anthony and jacqueline and we are back to talk more nxt on the wwe network uh and the usa network at least a little bit uh we took a we took a week's break but somewhat regretting it based off of the quality of last week's show we were just talking off air about how great broser weights and flash morgan webster and mark andrews were uh also there was like a three-way with uh swerve and leo rush and tyler breeze that was also really good Oh, yes. I love Swerve, though, so... And uh, there is this uh, battle royal. This women's battle royal. Winner faces uh, Shayna. Mm-hmm. Or not Shayna, but uh, Rhea in Portland. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bianca won, which I was not overly pleased with. But the manner in which she won was was great. Uh, but more importantly... She's a badass lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, more importantly, this was the return of Casey Catanzaro. To NXT, yeah. she's decided to come back to pro wrestling. They, they did a video on the PC YouTube channel where she talked about why she stepped away. Like, she wasn't sure if this was really mm-hmm. for her, but she's made her decision. This is for her. Um, it's also a further shame that we didn't get to cover this because when I watched the episode, I went to all the trouble of pausing this multiple times so that I could write down oh, the names no. of everybody who was in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. There were a lot of... 
there were a lot of women who who didn't get an entrance. So yeah, they went to they went to break and then they came back and there was a ton of people in here and I had to pause it mm-hmm. to see who was all in it. But uh, sorry about that. Guess what? We're also not going to go into detail about this week's episode of NXT because there was a quasi takeover. Yes. So uh, we'll kind of quickly go through what happened on uh, episode five hundred and forty three of NXT. Uh, it saw the grizzled young veterans defeat Undisputed Era in the semifinals of the Dusty Classic uh, because nice. there was some interference from Imperium. I believe, okay, right? but they just stood there. Yeah, they stood on the perch. And I wouldn't dist- call that interference. No, they they distracted the Undisputed Era for mm-hmm. sure. And the grizzled young veterans. Honestly, won. the most interesting thing in that match. So, mm-hmm. moving on. No, uh, <laughs> There was a a Tony Storm and Io Shirai match that uh, no idea why should have should have been better than this was. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they were going okay, and then the match just ended because Bianca attacked both of them essentially. Well, uh, I think they're making her into the new Shayna. Yes, uh, my favorite. <laughs> Maybe this wasn't my favorite match of the show. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to. It probably wasn't score wise, uh, but there was this Finn Balor squash match where he wrestled Joaquin oh, yeah. Wild, and Joaquin Wild is supposed to be a good guy. He's supposed to be a babyface. Yeah. But anybody who has air horns in their theme music and then does like verbal air horns with their mouth, that's a bad guy oh. to me. Yeah. yeah. Anybody who goes burp burp burp, heel to me. Like, oh, and then Finn just beat the crap out of him. And he was talking shit to him while he was beating him up. Oh, it was beautiful. Um, But it was just very short. But it was well-deserved. I know why we're not not doing scores for these matches, but I would just like to state that I gave that match a three. Yeah, and it was about 30 seconds. Just because of how fun it was. Uh, Shayna Baszler got a win over Shotzi Blackheart, avenging her elimination from the Battle Royal the previous week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, they announced that there's going to be a Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox singles match. Uh, How long before we get, they announced a uh, false count anywhere match between the two of them at Takeover? Because that's what I'm waiting oh, for. Maybe, or maybe I this think will, I'm pretty right with that. Maybe this will <laughs> spill over to the next Takeover as well in Tampa, but we'll see. Uh, this feud Ooh, could that'd continue. be fun. Yes, probably. Uh, the Broser Waits defeated Imperium. In the other semifinal match of the Dusty Classic, and it turned out to be a pretty good match, uh, especially in the the finishing stretch. Uh, the real the real winners here were the fans afterwards, because grizzled young veterans come out and call <laughs> they call the fans neckbeards, and they make fun of uh, Matt Riddle and uh, yep. Pete Dunn's name. They call them the Broserweights, and then they run down several other potential tag team names, including Joint Manipulation, yep. which. I I laughed so hard. <laughs> and when they give the microphone back to Matt Riddle to retaliate, he's like, I'm sorry, I stopped paying attention after you said joint manipulation. And then the yeah. crowd, like, I don't even Lost think the crowd it. got it at first. Because yeah. obviously Pete Dunn does joint manipulation, but then they're wait, like, wait a minute. Matt wait Riddle smokes That's... weed, joints. This is a pun. He's distracted. And then, like, they're all laughing and cheering. <laughs> 
Also, I, I love Pete Dunn uh, going, what they're trying to say is that they've never beaten me. I was like, this is yes. some good smack talk from uh, yes. a, like a really angry good guy. Like I, Pete Dunn's character to me is just so funny mm-hmm. without meaning to be. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the main event saw Keith Lee defeat Roderick Strong to become the new North American champion. Uh, this match was a real good match. I, I I don't think it was as good as I was expecting it Hoping to be, for. but it was still pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, overall, I thought a pretty solid episode. It was. It was. And I'd, I, I'd like to throw out there again, now that, that Strong has lost his title, will it be the end of Undisputed Era? I think mm. so. Jacqueline is still calling this. I, st- I am. It's possible. I, it's it's got to happen, I think, soon. We, yeah. may, we may, in fact, still get this. Um, mm-hmm. So, as it pertains to the, uh, the war of the, of the Wednesdays, this was, oh, was a, okay. another AEW victory. Of course. Uh, they, won, uh, they had 871,000 viewers to NXT's 769,000 viewers. Uh, AEW was running a taped episode that they filmed aboard a <laughs> boat in the Bahamas. Oh, that's kind of cool. Wait, was that the Jericho Cruise? This was the Jericho Cruise episode of AEW, yes. Man, I'm sad I knew that. Um, <laughs> and uh, the uh, the real news here, uh, well, the real news for me is that I also picked NXT to win again this week uh, as my personal choice. Uh, AEW has not had the better show, in my opinion, since the first show of the year. So, hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, it's... Uh, it's been mostly NXT as far as show quality goes, but the people are turning into AEW. Uh, the, I was going to say the people disagree. <laughs> yes. The war itself is not technically over as it will probably rage on for quite some time, but the intent for starting the war, the mission that NXT was thrust into has failed. Jacqueline, I don't know if you've heard this news. Oh no, I haven't. But the new, well, uh, the this, the reason NXT went against AEW in the first place was whether they would beat AEW or not. Uh, mm-hmm. If they beat them, icing on the cake. But if they don't beat them, the real reason is just si- s- siphon enough viewers away mm-hmm. that they don't succeed. And that has not happened. That has not happened to the tune that AEW and TNT have already reached a new television deal. Uh, that extends them to 2023, wow. I believe. And it is now a full paid TV rights deal. Wow. So bef- <laughs> before TNT was just paying for the cost of production and yeah. they were, and they were doing an ad split uh, where TNT would get some of the ad revenue and AEW would get some of the ad revenue. And now TNT is just outright paying for AEW. It is in one stroke turned AEW into a profitable company uh, in less than one year of television. And that was the whole point of putting NXT up against it was to prevent this from happening. And yep. it has happened. So, you know, I don't watch AEW mainly. I don't have access to it, mm-hmm. but I will say this, there should be room in the market for everyone. So I'm really glad that NXT did not succeed. Yes. And also this is going to be great for WWE wrestlers because now that AEW has uh, signified that, not only do they have this presence, but it will now be a sustained presence. So if people were like, I don't know if this job will be around in a year or two. Now mm-hmm. they know it they will be double. around. Yeah. 
So this will increase negotiating powers for other people when their contracts come up, which only means better deals for the performers. So that's good. Yes. But hopefully they let go of some of the older wrestlers. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, might be, it might be time. Um, Please stop bringing Undertaker back. <laughs> before we talk about uh, Worlds Collide, uh, there was one piece of uh, NXT news uh, oh. that I'm wondering to I'm wondering about your opinion on. Uh, yeah. They they degendered the NXT Women's Championship to just the NXT Championship. Uh, oh. It will no longer be referred to as the NXT Women's Championship, which uh, in some ways makes perfect sense to me because the NXT, mm -hmm. the other NXT championship is not called the NXT men's championship. men's champion. It's just called the NXT so, championship. So they'll be like, Oh, Rhea Ripley, NXT champion. Yeah. Yes. That makes sense. That's what they announced makes... her as on, on worlds collide. In fact, I think some people may have missed it, but when they introduced her and Tony storm, yep. That's what they referred to her, uh, to her as. Yes. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I am fully for that. I am now hoping that this means they will be living within the same universe mm -hmm. and, uh, like acknowledge each other's presence. So let's get there too. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I really, I don't even, it's not even something I have against it. It's just that it's such a, it's, it's such a small move that it's almost meaningless. It's essentially still the NXT Women's Championship. They just don't say that extra word. As, of course, only women can have it and only women can wrestle for it. So it but is maybe essentially they that. are going to open that up. Yeah. Now, I can see how, mm. like, most most people won't be confused, but I'm sure this will also cause some weird confusion. Uh with people if you're like who's the nxt champion and oh you know, they're it's like Rhea and adam God, yeah you just say you just it. say you just say both you say well right. there are two champions and these are them look really the only people who are going to be confused by it are um white men who have been watching since the dawn of time <laughs> sure they, they and... won't get confused right or they're the only ones who are going to complain about it so yes yeah, I don't think there's anything to complain about here. I just don't think it's much of a milestone move because it's still no, like very it's not much something separated. that should have. It should have just happened. I don't think it's something that should have been like announced, quote unquote. Sure. Um, now this does raise the important question: Should we also get rid of the cruiserweight identification and just refer to that person as the NXT champion as well? Because you know they're nah. they're dividing well, by size here. Considering Adam Cole could w fight for the cruiserweight, I mean, he in could. NXT, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> right, which is why from the get-go, I was like, well, that move's kind of dumb. Like, they, everybody... No, but... There's but few I, people I see, who aren't. Yeah, I see the, the value in separating by, by size. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the, the move going forward. A move they did not make on the main roster. The women's mm -hmm. champions there are still the women's champions. So... But Vince oh, is in yeah. charge up there, so. Uh, let's talk about NXT Worlds Collide. Not quite a takeover. Pew, and pew, pew. I thought, <laughs> I thought for sure uh, that this totally fit into the mold of it didn't really feel like a takeover. It was almost mm -hmm. a takeover, but not quite. Yeah, um, I really so I went into this with like very little expectations, and I think mm -hmm. you'll see by my scores that um, that paid off very well because I enjoyed a lot of this. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I 
didn't I didn't not enjoy it, but I okay. didn't I didn't love it. This did okay. not feel like a, a takeover level show to me, but Oof, we're gonna have some crazy scores then. I can't wait to find out what happens. Yes. Uh all right. So Worlds Collide begins with Winston Churchill mumbling his way yeah. through a speech about war. Uh, mm, that's we, a, that was a choice. That was Vince. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't know if know Triple why. H is adopting this from his father-in-law, but Vince loves these like old war speeches that'll throw into like if there's any pay-per-view or any big event where there's two brands colliding. Like he loves to do these war speeches um, in the video packages. Um, but like, so really quickly though, to me, like you have Winston Churchill, very prominent in. World War Two, and you have Imperium on the main event. Like, yes. I don't know. It just sends the wrong message, right? <laughs> a little bit. Um, like, I was, I was like, that's a that, that that's a choice. Uh, <laughs> the NXT UK team is calling this show. No Moro, no Beth. Yeah. Okay, I will say, very disappointed that in that, yeah. um, like to the point where I did research because I was like, is Moro okay? Um, yeah. But then I found out he was calling some another fight for like Showtime ah. or something. Yeah, like I got really upset. Yeah, I hate Todd Phillips. Tom Phillips. I don't even know his name. I hate him. Todd Phillips is the guy who directed Joker. I don't yeah. like him either. I hate but him too. Yes. <laughs> uh, opening match is uh, Finn Balor against Ilya Dragunov. I noted here an NXT guy from the UK versus an NXT UK guy who's not from the UK. Yeah. Was he from Russia? Russia. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Finn Balor is from Ireland, yes. not the UK. Ah, so he's not from he's not from Northern Ireland, which is a part no, of No, he's UK. from the Republic, so Ah, uh, so he's not he's there. also not from the UK. Thank you for the correction. No. He's 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 European, yeah. Yes. He's Irish. He's closer than Ilya Dragunov is, I believe. Uh the crowd geography is, wise yes, yes <laughs> geographically speaking crowd is solidly behind the bad guy in this match which yeah, to me signi- yeah to me that signified that nobody knows who Dragonoff is and they probably see him as an evil russian or something uh yeah. exchanging momentum early on in the match finn eventually finagles control uh and very unexcitedly works over Elia. uh i think i wrote here i'm going to hate this crowd uh, but I ended up, which turned out to be true, but I ended up hating it for a different reason. I thought this was going to be like one of these, we love all the bad guys and uh, yeah. ironically boo the good guys, but it turned out to not be that kind of crowd. It turned out to be another kind of crowd I hate. And we'll get to that later. Uh, Finn, uh, so Ilya Dragunov tries to mount a baby face comeback and gets booed. He's like begging yeah. the crowd, come on, get behind me. And they're. Oh, you suck. Uh, Finn cuts him off with a stomp. Uh, there's a strike exchange, which led to a near fall for Finn. Uh, the John Woo drop kick was uh, stopped, and Dragunov hits him with a teardrop suplex uh, for a two. Dragunov hits the 6 1 line and the coast to coast drop kick for another two count. Uh, he goes for a senton off the top rope, but Finn gets his knees up, hits the John Woo drop kick, hits the coup de gras and the bloody Sunday, and Finn Balor gets the win. What did you think of the opener? Oh, is that the Bloody Sunday he did? It's not the 1916? Well, they call it the 1916, but... Okay, it's also the Bloody Sunday. It was originally called... Yeah, I guess it was called the Bloody Sunday when he was in New Japan. And I guess they're not allowed to say Bloody Sunday in the United States, I guess. 
Well, I mean, we really should. Yeah, we shouldn't be saying that. But um, man, that move always just looks so painful to me. Yes. So I feel like I might have enjoyed this match much more than you. So mm-hmm. um, uh, I thought that I thought Dragunov did really well. Mm-hmm. Like I thought he pulled off some really big moves, just very entertaining. I thought these guys worked very well together. Also, Dragunov in a headlock is probably one of the most entertaining things. <laughs> um because this man turns red so quickly. <laughs> oh my god, his skin is so pale. Yes. Yeah. So like, I mean, you touch him and he's red. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I mean, just he's not a very tall guy, so his no. center of gravity isn't very high. But he was able to, you know, throw Binner around pretty well, and he was he was blocking kicks, yes. which I don't think you see very often. Usually, you see kicks being ducked. Yes. So, um. I don't know. I really like this match. I thought it was a fun way to start off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I I enjoyed it much more than I thought. I well, actually, I had no expectations going into this. So right, you don't see just, you I haven't seen much of Dragon. Surprised? Yeah. No. Um. So what did you give it? You ready? Yes. Four and a half. Whoa. Okay. I really liked this. Uh, I liked. I also liked the match. I thought it was a yeah. good match. Uh, I thought they were going to have a much better match, but I also, oh, no. for some reason, expected people would have known who Dragonoff was. The I'm, and of course, I'm a crowd guy, and if the crowd, you are. the crowd wasn't not into this, but they were reversed. Yeah, like they were cheering who they were supposed to boo, and they were booing who they were supposed to cheer. Although that may not have entirely been their fault. No, uh, probably not. I feel like if this, I feel like if this show took place in the UK. This would have been a wildly different crowd reaction for everything. I mean, the crowd still would have been into Balor, but they would have also yes. been into Dragonoff as well. I think it would have helped uh, a great deal. Uh, I like the match. I think these two worked really well together, but I ended up going three and a quarter. Dang. See, I told you we're going to be crazy on this one. Which is also exactly what. Uh, Grapple gave this match. What? I want to know who on Grapple gave it a four and a half. We're now friends. 3.25. Someone had to give it that high. Yeah. Um, uh, Warren Mills, the fourth, gave it a four. Okay, Warren. I see you. I I haven't seen a four and a half, but Ben Twiss, he also gave it a four. So there's there's definitely a few fours in here and high threes. There was some fool who gave this two and a half, which is... See, you gotta average it out. Just (laughs) incorrect in general, but... uh, (laughs) Kathy Kelly is with Grizzled Young Veterans and the Broserweights who are at ringside. Uh, Noting that the winners of the Dusty Classic, which will occur on the next episode of NXT, will get a tag team title shot in Portland. And both teams cut great promos on one another. But most importantly was Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne once again, do you remember what the uh, the weed innuendo was this time, or what? I don't, but there were, like, a lot of them. Like, there was, like, a string of oh, them. Oh, it was... He said something about how they are going to smoke them. Pete Dunn says, if I could be blunt for a moment. And, yeah. like, Matt Riddle got a huge smile on his face and looked at the crowd with his big smile. And the crowd was like, yeah, weed! <laughs> uh, it was really funny. Uh, and you said that Matt Riddle's going to smoke them. Yep. So what I love about this exchange, there's two things. First of all is um, Gibson is just like the master, right? He's, he's, he's so awesome. great. Yep. And I, and James Drake, I love how he just bobs along and like <laughs> yes. will mouth certain words. Like I think it's perfect. Like their <laughs> yes. dynamic 
is wonderful. Yeah, they're great. And then you get um, Pete Dunne and um, Matt Riddle, who, oh my God, please just keep them as a tag team. Yeah. Um, like Pete Dunne plays like that, the 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 straight man so well. Like it's really yeah. a comedy duo, like setup the two of them have going on. Yeah. And like probably one of my favorite lines of this exchange was when Matt Riddle was like, uh, that's his happy face. Yeah, and it's like Pete's real happy, and they like the camera just very comedically pans over to Pete Dunn, whose face is unchanged, carved out of marble. Yeah, and he's like, "That's Pete's happy face." Oh man, I just want these two teams to just talk to each other yeah. all the time. I just want a show so. where because Pete Dunn is a new dad, and Matt Riddle has several oh. kids, and I just want oh, a show yeah. where Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle and their families hang out. I would watch that. Mm. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Maybe. I would like for Pete Dunn to get parenting advice from Matt Riddle. Oh, yes. Okay. That's even better. <laughs> yeah. That's genius. Okay. Thanks. Um, next up, we have Angel Garza defending the NXT Cruiserweight Championship against Isaiah Swerve Scott, Travis Banks, and Jordan Devlin. They have finally updated the Cruiserweight title. Uh, it, it looks nice. It no longer has a bright purple strap. I think the strap is black, but it might be a deep dark purple. I couldn't yeah, tell. It, or like a dark blue. Like it looks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was. It's really nice. I. This might be my new favorite title. They replaced the WWE in the middle with an NXT. So now it all feels a little right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devlin with some really impressive moves early on, uh, mm-hmm. and but then it's Swerve's turn to do impressive moves and does a Death Valley Driver to Jordan Devlin on the floor. Uh, all four guys now are on the floor taking each other out. Uh, Travis Banks did a bunch of stuff, but unfortunately nobody cared when he did it. Uh, I know. This is when I re- this is when I started realizing what kind of crowd we had on hand for the evening. Uh, Jordan Devlin does a move that is literally straight out of AEW. Uh, the move where Devlin gets thrown over the top, but bounces off of this dude's back and flies back into the ring and does a DDT. I thought that was awesome. That was awesome. And it is straight out of AEW. Like, really? He was yeah. also like the second person to use Travis Banks as like a prop to yes. jump off of. And I was like, oh, this is his, um, this is his role in this match. Yes. Uh, let's see if you can figure out if when I start determining what kind of crowd this is. Uh, all four men are down again as the crowd waits for the next move. Some mm-hmm. crazy stomp powerbomb Tower of Doom. I don't even know what that was. It was crazy. Oh, was that when they had like three of them? Like they were all on top of each other somehow? Yeah, and then Swerve did like a stomp. And I don't. <laughs> it's bonkers. Yeah. Uh, uh, Swerve goes for the house call, but it is stopped by Devlin. Uh, goes for the Devlin side suplex, but Banks hits a really crazy-looking Canadian destroyer to lay uh, Devlin out, and he kind of just did it out of exhaustion, so he was down as well. Mm-hmm. Crowd is so quiet between big moves. Now, remember, I've got headphones on, so I may hear things that other people do not hear. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. crowd is so quiet between big moves I literally heard beers, beers here from the crowd. I heard a concessions man in the no. crowd because it was so quiet between big moves. Uh, Devlin tries a double Spanish fly, but slips. 
Yeah, it did not look good for him. Thankfully, it ended up just looking like a double exploder suplex. Luckily, Devlin did not start the backflip before he slipped, because if he did, that would have been very bad. Yes, Uh, it kind of worked out. He kind of luckily just landed on his back. Did not look like, I mean, it looked like it hurt. Yes. But. Uh, Slice of Heaven and the Kiwi Crusher on Devlin uh, from Travis Banks. That gets a two. Uh, I don't know what to, I don't know what this was. Uh, I agreed with Nigel McGinnis here when Isaiah Scott did some sort of Rubik's cube variant, which is a, a crazy wrestling move. It's, it's like this thing that he did to Travis Banks in the corner where he had him by his feet and then like Mm -hmm. just tossed him and flipped him around and slammed him somehow. Oh yeah. It was crazy. That was neat. Uh, Isaiah. Uh, so after he does that, there's the wing clipper hit by Angel Garza on Swerve, but that's broken up by Devlin, and Devlin hits the Devlin side suplex on Swerve, I believe, for the three. Yeah. Also, I noted at the end here that I'm pretty sure that the music they played for Jordan Devlin is not his actual theme song. I don't know what music they were playing here, but I'm pretty sure it's not what Jordan Devlin came out to, but he is the new Cruiserweight champion. Jacqueline, what did you think of this match? Maybe it was the uh, the cruiserweight title belts theme song. Like yes, maybe. Yeah, new belts, a, new song. The belt has um, its own theme. I thought this. I mean, it's a cruiserweight match, so it's high flying and just like Craziness. out of control. Like, yep. and this this match delivered. It went a little long for my taste. Okay. Um, I understand that you know. These kinds of matches, there there needs to be some downtime. But yes. I don't know why they all have to be down at the same time. Like, why can't you just have two guys out and then, mm-hmm. you know, switch them out a little bit? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but my God, um, this was just absolutely insane. And the way, um, and yeah, like like I said, they the way they like Travis Banks. I knew he wasn't going to win, but the way they kind of like used him to maneuver this match, I thought was very smart. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. Oh my god. And I. I. And I. I like all these guys. I mean. I don't. I don't like Devlin. Like. I think he's. I still think his face looks very punchable. Mm-hmm. Um. But this was just absolutely insane and pretty great. Uh. What would you give it? I gave it a four and a quarter. Okay. So. Uh. Yeah. I like this as well. I liked it more than the first match. Um. Mm. But this is when I started to realize this is the other type of crowd I hate. A there quiet are two, one. There are two types of crowds I hate. And there's there's the crowd that just loves to be contrarian and mm-hmm. cheer bad guys and boo good guys. Uh, those really bug me. These other mm-hmm. crowds I don't like either, which um, I, call, uh, I call these shtick and move crowds because they will cheer for shtick. If you've got like a wacky thing you do, mm-hmm, they will cheer mm-hmm. like Angel Garza. They went crazy when he ripped his pants off. Gotcha. They will do big. If there are big moves, they will cheer for those yeah. uh, and they will do the chance. But if there's not a big move and there's not anything else going on of note, if it's just guys fighting or otherwise doing less big or important moves, these crowds mm-hmm. are silent. They, gotcha. they do not care. And silent crowds hurt matches for me. Uh, now, they were up for, like, big moves. And luckily for these guys, there was a lot of there big moves lot in this match. 
Yeah, yeah. so I went three and a half on this one. Grapple oh went God. Grapple went three point seven six. So three and three quarters. Wow. So they were a little my closer. God. Yeah. No one like I feel like I just really enjoyed this. <laughs> I mean, I am very happy if you enjoyed this way more uh, yeah. than I did. Like I did. Apparently I did. <laughs> yes. Uh, um I will ahead. say oh sorry, one one last thing. I was really glad that they gave um Devlin the um the mic at the end. Um mm-hmm. I thought that that was um yes. um smart, you know to do. Um and I will say um I do really like his tagline of never get bet against an ace. Yes. Um so whoever came up with that, uh big old kudos cuz that's genius. That's a good tagline. So, yeah, it is. Uh, DIY against Mustache Mountain. Um uh, this match starts off with a lot of friendly tag team wrestling and sportsmanship, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, and there's a lot of like, uh, f- like fun one-upsmanship early on. There's a lot of not mm-hmm. wrestling early on. Like, there uh, is. Like uh, Ciampa goes to do the mustache twirl and Seven shows him how to really do it. And then Tommaso Ciampa poses and Seven acts like he's going to pose. And then is just like, I'll just shake your hand. Uh, I, I would mm-hmm. not, I would not win this. Uh, a lot of fun interplay between them. A lot of fun there. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, I'll agree. And it was also I called it ridiculousness, but like in a fun <laughs> way. Like it was hilarious, yeah. ridiculous. It was like I'm like, what am I watching? What are they? Like, <laughs> what are they doing? Aren't they supposed to fight? Uh, mm-hmm. The match does pick up uh, eventually uh, with mm-hmm. DIY in control early on. Seven tags in, uh, and then he takes out DIY with a series of strikes. Tommaso Ciampa cuts him off. Uh, Gargano hits a slingshot spear on Tyler Bate for two. Uh, they do this bit where Ciampa hits the, the widow's bell on seven and the Gargano hits a slingshot DDT on Bate for a two. Uh, there's a series of counters, uh, that lead mm-hmm. to a rebound lariat and a Tyler driver onto Tommaso Ciampa for a two. Uh, there's so much happens in this match. A uh, shooting star press by Bate. Uh, Gargano gets his knees up. He goes for the airplane spin. On Gargano, mm-hmm. uh, but Gargano escapes into the Gargano escape. Which uh, was absolutely insane. Yes. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa gets in and takes down seven, and there's now a, a double submission on. Uh, but Mustache Mountain escapes, and they do a double airplane spin, although Trent Seven's airplane spin, not as graceful as uh, Tyler Bates. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's some miscommunication on Mustache Mountain's part, uh, which... Uh, puts them in, in harm's way. It looks like DIY mm-hmm. is going to go for meet in the middle. Uh, their, their double team strike finishing move, but mustache mountain hit a double bop and bang to counter them. Uh, they hit the Birmingham for a two count. I love that name. Uh, they then get Tommaso Ciampa up for a, a double Birmingham. Like they both do it to him at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, bait goes for like this dive off of the top. But Ciampa pulls seven on top of himself at the last second. So Tyler Bate lands on his partner instead of Ciampa. And Ciampa covers and Bate realizes in the nick of time to make the save. Uh, <laughs> which I thought was that like was, a nice little thing. It was. And in all honesty, I had to watch that one um, more than once to see it. Exactly. They did like, it very quick. I was like, I was like, Trent Seven just moved himself. <laughs> yes. They actually had to show the angle where Ciampa like pulls his yeah, arms or whatever. But They do show you. And I was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yes. Uh, everyone gets some strikes and then meet in the middle. 
on Trent Seven. Uh, DIY gets the win, and post match there is of course sportsmanship. Uh, yes. This was my my favorite match of the show. Uh, mm. What did you think of DIY and Mustache Mountain? So, um, I, yeah, I agree that it was a very fun match. Lots of great um, big moves happening. Um, I love Champa and Bait moving um, in tandem. Like mm-hmm. they did this thing in the beginning where they both went into like the the headstand bridge kind of a thing, and I was just yes. like, "What? Very How do impressive. you?" Like they, it looked like they were dancing like at certain at certain points. Like, Nigel freaking out, of course, because Champa has had neck surgery, and he notes how difficult it is for anyone <laughs> who's had neck surgery to do this neck bridge. Yep, uh, yep, which absolutely. I'm sure is, which I'm sure is true. Yeah, probably. But um, and there were a lot of hits to the head, which made me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, man, these guys just like were so fluid in everything. Um, now, of course. I do not understand the history um, of these teams. I know that they have have history. If I'm, they don't if actually. That's correct. I don't think they have any history. Uh, honestly, oh, I thought they. I I, I thought the announcers were say, were talking like they did. I think this is honestly. I think this was this whole story of this match. I mean, Gargano and Ciampa have a long history as DIY, and obviously they broke right. up and then had their feud. Uh, honestly, I think this whole story is that. Uh, this show was coming up and Mustache Mountain was like, hey, we've been doing singles matches for a little bit. We should team up and let's challenge DIY. Yeah. But they they haven't faced each other. They haven't had previous storylines together. No, as far as I know, they have not. Oh, they may. I sorry. The announcers made it seem like these they have met before. And I thought that they had a, they went up against each other on something else. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Not that I can think of. Okay, well, because I was like, for me, it might be a little lost because I didn't really yeah. get that, but um, I, I enjoyed it. Me um, too. I just, uh, yeah, again, a little long for my taste, um, but I do always love when Ciampa's on the outside patting himself on the back and Gargano was up there with him this time, so that was fun. Yes. Um, <laughs> what did you give this uh, this fun tag match? Another four and a quarter. Okay, so I'm I'm getting closer to you. I went okay. three and three quarters for this one. Woohoo! Grapple four point oh five. All right, there you're all getting closer to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. I know. We'll uh, get there. We'll see. We'll see how the rest of the show goes out. Uh, so throughout the show, they've been showing people at ringside, right? There's a uh, Keith Lee and Mia Yim, and you know, look, look who's in the audience. And one of these is Dakota Kai, who does not look thrilled to be there. And then she gets <laughs> jumped by Tegan Knox, and they start brawling and security has to pull them apart. See, uh, false count anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm for the NXT Championship, which I'm going to have to Woo. now get used to saying. Uh, early on, uh, Rhea gets german into the corner. Uh, and sells her neck, and Tony works on that neck. Uh, in fact, she mm-hmm. works it over with a variety of slams and holds for quite a while. Crowd is mostly asleep, as I wrote here. Crowd is mostly asleep, as it is not shtick or a big move, uh, mm-hmm. which is true. Oh, yeah. I also wrote, why is the crowd so silent during this? Yeah. They weren't doing any just... crazy moves. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Rhea makes a comeback. They are working hard. Uh, Riptide countered into a crossbody for a two. Uh, Tony hits a bridging German for a two, misses the frog splash, and then Rhea just hits her with Riptide and wins. 
I was yeah. stunned. This match was way shorter than I thought, and there wasn't all that much to it. But I thought they worked no. really hard. Like the the first thing I wrote was slow start, so probably going to be a long match. Nope. Like, <laughs> like I was right getting right. I was like, okay, and then it just ended, and I, that was so. Like, and I hate to say it, but it was like almost unsatisfying in a way that you're just like, wait a second. Especially at the like, end. I'm like, that's it? Yeah. Like, I knew Rio was going to retain, like, especially yeah. after um, how how quickly the crowd turned on Tony Storm at um, this, um, the episode this past week. Yes. Um, like, when she held the belt, man, they started going real fast. So, like, people are on this Rhea train. Um, and I'm here for it. But, um, yeah, there just wasn't a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. And um, I kind of felt bad. I also noted um, that I don't remember who it was on the announced team, but someone announced said something about the horsewomen. And that is the first time we've heard about them in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just to note. Yeah. Um, what would yeah. you give uh, Rhea and Tony? So I went, I went lower on this one. I went three and a half. And that's just because I think they both did a great job, but I felt like there was more that should have happened. Mm-hmm. We were... We were doing so well. We were, we were coming oh, so no. close. Uh, to me, I mean, again, dead crowd. Dead crowd really hurt it. Oh, it did. I, I know they were trying so hard. Uh, but also the other things you mentioned, that it just felt like they were building for a longer match, but then it didn't go long, and there really yeah. wasn't much to it. Uh, I went two and three quarters. Wow. And Grapple went 2.56. See, I don't think it's that low. These women still did a whole heck of a lot and mm-hmm. like man put their heart like put their heart out there. It almost seems like something happened that they got cut short. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately. Backstage Finn uh attacks Johnny Gargano who was trying to mm-hmm. give an interview uh to set up their match in Portland and Tyler Bate kind of steps in. I wonder if this will lead to a Finn Balor Tyler Bate match cuz that could be fun. Mm, that could be fun. Uh our main event of the evening, Undisputed Era versus Imperium. Mm-hmm. I got some things to say about this match. I'm sure you do. Imperium in control. Actually, you know, before we start this, did you see the end of it? So you saw, did you see that whole episode where Keith Lee won the North American Championship? Yes. Um. Okay, no, no, no. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of this week. Oh, you yeah. saw this week's episode. Uh, yeah. The, and th- that's this week, yeah. And then the, Imperium came out at the end. The ending of this okay. show, I forgot to mention it. Oh. Because it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Okay, they're all ahead. They're all brawling at the end of the show. And uh, Adam Cole goes to super kick Walter. And Walter catches his foot and throws his foot down and hits Adam Cole with the Walteriest chop of all time. <laughs> he chops Adam Cole so hard, like at, well, Adam Cole does this cell where he flips backwards, like Walter yep. literally turned him upside down with a chop, with a slap to the awesome. chest. But this sound was also so incredible. Like I went yes. back and watched it a bunch of times where I am not looking at the ring and I'm just looking at the crowd and seeing their shocked reaction. Like this, these people had reactions like somebody shot a gun. Like, they were like, alarmed. Like, People were literally, like, stunned into hell? attention. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was a la- it was loud. It was an all-time great moment. Uh, <laughs> there, is a, there is a moment later in this match that comes close, but it doesn't quite equal it. Um, mm-hmm. Imperium in control early on. 
Fish and Roddy are doubling, uh, doubling up on Alexander Wolf when Fish accidentally kicks him right in the chin and knocks Alexander Wolf out cold. So mm-hmm. uh, Wolf later on Twitter blamed himself for this uh, and said that he should he should not have put his chin down, which his chin clearly was down, and that's right. why it got struck and knocked him out. Uh, Drake Wirtz, who was the referee for this, was like right on top of this and got him out of the match. Yeah, I thought I thought the the referee in this match did a really really great job, not only mm-hmm. recognizing it but like swiftly addressing. Yes. Uh, Walter uh, tosses Cole around, but then gets doubled up. Uh, he wipes out Roddy, but Imperium, and, and this allows Imperium to take control for a while. Uh, I don't know. I actually don't remember what happens here. I wrote Cole sacrifices Roddy to gain momentum back on their side. Uh, there must, Sounds about right. There must have been a moment. Oh, I think it was somebody had Roddy up for a power bomb, and Cole mm-hmm. like kicked one of them in the knee and Roddy got power bombed, but the other dude got his knee taken out and this allowed them to take over crowd is sleeping. And I, so I watched the show after the fact I did not watch it live. So Mm. the crowd is sleeping. They're dead silent. And I look down at the time, like the bar scrolling, telling me how much time is left. There was a lot of time. There was 25 (laughs) minutes left in this match. I'm like, Oh my, Oh my God. Uh, Marcel Bartel worked over forever. Finally tags mm-hmm. Walter, who destroys everything. Oh, yeah. He does this chop to Adam Cole, where it's not quite like the backflip chop. But I swear to you, Jacqueline, he, ch- he, he chopped Adam Cole, and his hand went through Adam Cole. Yeah, like that, a ghost, yep. Yeah, Adam Cole kind of just like flew backwards, but didn't fall down, and then kind of <laughs> fell forward. Like his hand literally <laughs> went through his body. Uh, he then, <laughs> Walter then German suplexed, uh, who did he suplex? It was, uh, he, he German suplexed Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong at the same time. Yep. Roddy dumped on his head. Uh, yeah. Holy hell. That was like the, that was so impressive. Like yeah. Walter, man, just. He's, he's crazy. Jesus. Uh, so, do you remember earlier how Marcel Bartel was worked over forever? Mm-hmm. Now, Imperium works over Kyle O'Reilly forever. Seems right, though. Like, that's on brand for Kyle. <laughs> yes. Uh, he finally gets a tag to Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong and Walter beat the life out of each other. Honestly, if I was going to put two, like, someone up against Walter, like, Roderick Strong's not a horrible choice. No. I would like to watch that. That, that would be fun, I think. Yeah. Um, stronghold on Fabian Eichner, but he escapes. Uh, things get a little sloppy, it feels like. It felt like the match fell apart a couple of times. Uh, yeah. Walter wants his hands on Adam Cole, but instead gets triple teamed by the rest of Undisputed Era. Uh, they now get Walter to the outside, and Roddy hits the Roddy slam on Walter through an announcer's table. That was <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Also, you know, Walter probably was not happy with that, but. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was like, I have to do what? <laughs> Fabian Eichner, I wrote, I wrote down here, hits an unreal catching brain buster on Kyle O'Reilly. They do this thing where like Bartel will take a dude on the turnbuckles and throw him at uh, Fabian Eichner and Eichner will catch him in the suplex position and then suplex him. But he, <laughs> he almost lost Kyle O'Reilly and then just muscled him up. 
with like no assistance from Kyle O'Reilly. I'm like, holy cow, these guys are strong. Uh, they are. That was crazy. In- Imperium is the far superior team in this match. Yeah. Uh, a bunch mm-hmm. of super kicks from Adam Cole. Then things slow down again. It always feels like when it feels like the match picks up, but then it feels like after it yeah. after it's not the end, it feels like it just slows down and then the crowd dies. Uh, Eichner saves Marcel Bartel with a double springboard moonsault, breaking up a pin. Walter is alive now, chops everyone. Big splash on Roddy, but Adam Cole hits the last shot on him from behind. The pin is broken up. The crowd f- bought that one, though. Like, when mm-hmm. they broke that up, the crowd thought for sure that was the end. Uh, Before we move on, how scary do you think Ro- Roderick Strong... Like, how scared do you think Roderick Strong felt um, laying on the ground with Walter flying at him? Terrifying. Like, I feel like... <laughs> Especially because Walter did this actually kind of swiftly for Walter. He did. He wasn't really taking his time. Uh, so... Uh, where, where are we at? Uh, both teams regroup, Sorry. get to their feet, and fight some more. Uh, Walter gets a sleeper hold on Bobby Fish, and then Kyle O'Reilly puts a sleeper hold on Walter, who still has a sleeper hold on Bobby Fish. Yeah, uh, like Kyle, what are you thinking? Kyle's sleeper hold was actually effective as Walter lets go of Bobby Fish, and they hit the high low on Walter for a two. Uh, dives and such, I wrote. I presume that just means people started doing dives. Uh, yes. Walter did, this must have been brutal because I just wrote murder drop kick from Walter on Fish. Mm-hmm. He then power bombs Bobby Fish and Imperium finally win this match. Right. Like, not for nothing, when it came down to Walter and Bobby Fish, like, seriously, who was going to win? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> what did you um, think of this very long match? It was long, surprisingly, though. I actually really enjoyed it. And I think mostly because of Imperium. Mm. Um, and I noticed, I noted in here, I think Bartel is a very charismatic, but also very, like, technical wrestler. Yes. And I, I don't know how he does it, but I think it's just, he's just very entertaining to watch. And I love Fabian Eichner mm-hmm. um, because that man does not look like he should be able to fly. Um, but he does, and he does it so well. Um, When you were talking about the dives, um, so Roderick Strong went flying to the outside. He did. um, Which I was like, wait a second, that's not not normal for him. So I was kind of... Tope Conradi. Yeah. He just went flying. And he just went flying. I was like, all right, like I buy this. And then then right after that, Eichner went off and Mm -hmm. seemed to fall into Bartel mostly. So... um, (laughs) Bummer. I mean, I mean, I guess if you're going into a group of dudes, you're going to pick your friend who, you know, will catch you. Um, yes. But um, and um, I mean, this match was a match was a bit choppy. I mean, obviously, it, it was slow in the beginning with with um, Wolf getting injured. But overall, I actually I, I thought there were enough big moves and high flying stuff that it really kept me entertained. And um, yeah, and the, I question uh, the ref when uh a lot of stuff happened on the outside, and the two men in the ring were down. Like he should have started counting, but yeah. um, I'll forgive him because yeah. uh, it led to a lot of great things happening towards the end. So yes, uh, what would you give the main event? I'm almost afraid to say. I feel like everyone's gonna like you know just be be against this one, but I also gave it a four and a quarter. That was like my grade for the night. Okay, that yeah, that was the 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 Jacqueline Bar for this episode. Or it for was this, uh, for this event. Um, I was sitting here thinking 
uh, as we were talking about, uh, and especially as you were talking about what you liked in the match, I was, when I originally graded this, I thought for sure the only stuff I really liked was when Walter was in there doing stuff and the rest of the time I was uninterested. Uh, but you had pointed out several things that I also enjoyed. So Hmm. as we were talking, I, uh, I've inflated my score somewhat. Ah, okay. But don't get too excited because this is still lower than a me. super long match. <laughs> yes, a super long, a match long match with a crowd that was tired, but also wasn't into something if it wasn't huge um, mm-hmm. or like a big thing, which always hurts it for me. Uh, so I went with a three and a half, which is higher than what I originally <sighs> gave the match. Okay. Uh, Grapple gave it a 4.12. All right, Grapple. So, so Grapple liked it way more than I did. I, I heard a lot of people liked it a lot more than I did, uh, which is I, fine. But yeah, it just uh, didn't uh, didn't come together for me, I guess. I don't know. I thought it delivered on what I wanted. So also, we, I don't um, like I don't watch on headphones. I feel like if I, I had the, the crowd in the background, maybe I'd be more influenced. But it's so much. The know. silence is so much more deafening when you've got headphones on because <laughs> You can, it's not dead silence, but it's like the ch- the crowd chatter silence of like, they're Oof. not paying attention. They're just talking gotcha. to each other or whatever. I mean, like it really hurt when like you can hear the vendors. Yeah, like, that's not good. That's not good. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, it's one of those crowds that just, it, yeah, that sometimes you get crowds like that. They want to chant the chants. Yeah. They want to, they want to see the big moves and then like, yeah. that's it. They don't want anything else and i mean that's okay if that's what you want but those are those are not the best crowds i i think uh you know and 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 it's rare i i don't really see those on takeovers uh it's rare to not see a takeover crowd that's not hot for pretty much everything i think this was just a different um Mm -hmm. it was just a different setup of course this wasn't branded as a takeover either and no, I think for a little bit there, people who were buying tickets to this weren't even sure what this show was going to be. Yeah, so like, uh, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do think this would have ultimately been much more effective if they did it in the UK instead, but obviously they couldn't because of the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. Uh, speaking of the Royal Rumble, there's really not a lot of NXT notes that happened. A bunch of NXT people made appearances, mostly in the women's uh, mm-hmm. Royal Rumble match. Uh, where Bianca Belair looked really strong and Shayna Baszler was the number two, she was the runner-up finisher in there. And uh, Keith Lee looked particularly strong in his thing that they did with him and Brock Lesnar in Mm -hmm. the the Men's Royal Rumble. Um, Matt Riddle, like, I thought he was pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, The word word I hear there is that he, Matt Riddle, I guess, rubs some people the wrong way. And I've heard, I heard that as well. And he is not liked by some people there. So no, clearly not the people who are in charge of NXT because he's doing great there. <laughs> so my advice is never leave NXT. Yep. Unless it's to go to AEW or something. But other than that, don't leave NXT. Uh, okay. So uh, that's the show for this week. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT. 
hit subscribe, and uh, that way you can hear us come back next time and talk about uh, the next episode of NXT on USA, featuring the Broserweights and the Grizzled Young Veterans in the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. <laughs>